0: Advertising scheme of the year. Fantastic creativity in Fairfield, Ohio. Jewelry store owner, Kerr Bales, has found a fantastic new way to advertise his diamonds. Uh, Bales had his dentist install two $700 diamonds right in the front of his two front false teeth. (laughs) They look like uh, two headlights, Bales said. They really cause a sensation. Yeah, I feel that the diamond is the most eternal mineral God put on the earth. And remember, our store slogan is Our diamonds are forever. See, I got the uh, stitch to my tie here. I just grin at him and it tells them, uh, <laughs> I tell him, I want to buy a diamond. Yeah, it's $700. I got a pair of rubies set in my other set of false teeth, and I got one that I'm having some, uh, some zircons put in, and uh, it's uh, going to be a good year. <laughs> Oh, it'll never stop, friends. Don't don't count on it stopping. 1973 looks already like it's going to be a fantastic year for Bill Dockery. It's going to be a really good year. Good year. Oh, yes. Uh, happy Valentine's Day to you. Happy Valentine's Day. Hey, I wanted to... Uh, uh, that reminds me a guy with diamonds in his teeth. Uh, I'll award a brass fig with bronze oak leaf palm. and that that is a really genuine bronze oak leaf palm for listener service above and beyond the ordinary muck of listening them is your chance to rise above the mire of the mob. Uh, who else had diamonds in his teeth? A famous man had diamonds in his teeth. Diamonds. Who was that? Oh, happy Day. Val- we'll award a brass figligy with bronze oak leaf palm tonight for for really outstanding duty to American culture. I'll give you a clue. He was an American. Happy birthday to you! No, no, it's Valentine's Day. Hey, by the way, that, re- that brings up a point. Who was this Valentine anyway? I mean, it, it, Valentine's Day is named after somebody. Who was it? Valentine. There was a Valentine that played with the Washington Senators for a while. No, he wasn't very good either. So uh, it isn't him. I know that. It ain't him at all. But I'm just asking a question here. Who was the Valentine (laughs) that that was named after? You know, Valentine's Day is a a traumatic day for many. But we'd like to also salute, uh, as uh, I haven't uh, sent out a Valentine here today, really... And uh, we'd like to salute a lady. We we ought to send her out an electronic, immediate valentine here to Ella Smart Richardson. She's one of the few truly honest ladies that I've heard of. You know, honest people of any type. I've heard of them a long time. Ella Smart Richardson just came in today, and uh, she was asked, uh, you know, uh, the usual question of anybody who lives to be 100 years old. She just had her 100-year-old birthday yesterday. Then, you know, they always say, how, how come you lived so long? What is your secret? And Mrs. Richardson replied with incredible truth. Well, uh... Let's see, what was the question again? Well, uh, Mrs. Richardson, uh... Mrs. Ellis Mark Richardson, would you please tell us for our radio and television audience, uh, what is the secret of your longevity? Of uh, your longevity, please. What is your secret? Well, uh... My longevity. Well, actually, I put raisins in it and I let it sit in a while there in a cool place. And uh, no, no, Mrs. Uh, as Mrs. Richardson, we're we're speaking about your life. You're a hundred years old today. Now, please tell us uh, how is it that you live to be a hundred years old? What is the secret <laughs> of your success, living to be one hundred? Oh, I see, Sandy. That's a question I'm asked often. Well. Uh, I've been thinking about it, and all I can say is, well, I just don't know. I guess just because I didn't die, I guess, it seems to me. (laughs) Yes, sir. That's my baby. No, sir, I don't mean baby now. Yeah. And down the street. Who's Who's that that looking so petite? All together, gang. Now let's sing it out. yeah, all together. One, two, three. Yeah. Oh, yes, sir. That's my baby. No, sir. I don't mean baby. Yes, sir. That's my baby now. Yes, sir. Hold it there. Hold it there. Thank you, Edward. Uh, reset that, please. Valentine's Day. Did you find out who it was? Lee? Well, now, I'm sorry if we bothered you again tonight. Good heavens to Betsy. Well, I'm sorry. Ask Skip if you'll come in and answer the phone. a little more calm tonight. But uh, nevertheless, uh, I must say, though, that, uh, that uh, Valentine's Day causes problems. You know that I know of one person today that was actually served a heart-shaped meatloaf on this Valentine, which was a kind of a nice idea. It was a heart-shaped meatloaf, which I thought uh, <laughs> was very creative. Uh, There, No, Diamond Jim Brady did not have diamonds in his teeth. Now, wait. Now, don't get angry now. Come on. Be calm now. We're doing a radio show. We're not having an argument. We'll save that until afterwards. Diamond Jim Brady did not have diamonds set in his teeth. I did not ask who Norton's wife was. What the devil is that doing up there? I have no idea what that's up for. (laughs) No, I think you're talking the... The big Ed Slobberman, who's down the dial doing a telephone show. That, that's not my show. I <laughs> i don't know. Is it a full moon in addition to being Valentine's Day, Ed? What is this? Yes, sir, that's my baby. Don't no, say, don't mean maybe. Diamond Jim Brady was not famous for having, uh, for having diamonds in his teeth, friends. Diamond Jim Brady was famous for having large diamond rings, and he had an enormous diamond gold, diamond and platinum locomotive, which was a tie clip which he wore due to the fact that he had made a lot of money flim-flamming the railroad business for a long time. And he had a big diamond locomotive. He also had a diamond-headed cane, I understand, but no diamonds in his teeth as far as I know. That wouldn't have gone over well with Lily Langtree. Or Sarah Bernhardt, or whoever it is he drank uh, champagne out of his slippers with. (laughs) Yes, sir, it is. Hey, is there anybody out there tonight who who was actually drunk champagne out of a slipper? I mean, you know, this is a big romantic thing, and occasionally Paul Henri would almost verge on it in the movies with Ingrid Bergman. Or was it Ingmar Bergman? Ingmar, yeah. Uh, Yes, that's quite true. Uh, Valentine was Bishop Valentine of the early Christian church. He sent cards and letters to, it looks like, friends, saying, love, love each other. Well, for heaven's sakes. That's very good. Okay. Thank you, dear. That's fine. You're having technical difficulties in there. Maybe it's with your head. Thank you. Very good. Uh, <laughs> so that's that's what Valentine is now. Now, you know Valentine, of course, I heard another thing, talking about Valentine, we might as well get into some controversial areas here, that I heard a lady today on the telephone, I overheard this discussion, and a very strong lady, and she was discussing with somebody else on the phone. I didn't know who it was, but she was really having a thing. And uh, they were they were talking about love, apparently. And uh, this lady said, the one I was listening to, said, Oh, balderdash. Long pause. She said, That's ridiculous. There's no such thing as love. Another long pause. Well, that's ridiculous. Do you realize that love was invented in 1246? It was invented. It didn't even exist before that. It was invented in 1246. I mean, you know, it's just one of those things that we invented. It's ridiculous. It's uh, one of those myths. It was invented in 1246. I could hear a lot of yelling on the other end of the line. Apparently some guy she was given the mitten to. And uh, at which point she says, Well, that may be what you believe, but I believe that we're growing out of that, that uh, it's just one of those ridiculous, uh, silly... uh, In fact, I think it's just a complete myth, and we're growing out of it. Man is getting a little more civilized than that. Love was invented in 1246 in the Middle Ages of all times. They didn't know anything of that anyway. Well, thank you. Goodbye. I'll see you sometime. It doesn't matter, Ed. Thank you. (laughs) That's my baby No, sir, I don't mean baby Yes, sir, that's my baby now Oh, 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 by the way Thank you That's enough, that's enough, Edward, that's enough No, the thing about uh, love is that that It it really is controversial, you know It's a a controversial issue It's gotten a lot of people in trouble Uh, And uh, as a matter of fact uh, the question arises tonight does love exist i don't know or is it just one of those things we like to think it exists you know it's a great concept but a miserable reality so i don't know what it is but uh, there's a lot of arguments back and forth about it but if it if it doesn't exist that's all i got to say if it doesn't exist there's been a heck of a lot of hoopla over a myth for a long time uh, I mean, practically every other song that's ever been written is written about love. Do you agree? And certainly every other play is about it. Every other... What am I talking about? 99.9999% of the plays, going all the way back to Lysistrata, has been written about that scene. So I don't know. It's a pretty, pretty fantastic rumor. And the, uh, the 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 music that's been written about love ranges all the way from "Yes, sir, that's my baby." No, sir, don't mean maybe. Until we get very ethereal, you know. Yeah. This is another kind of love. That's right. That's very goodly. Bring it up there, big Ed.
1: That's it, fine.
0: And so today, since man is a civilized creature, he has many forms of love. No longer does he stop at just loving, you know, some other person. Now he loves his car, he loves his life, he loves the style of his walk, the way he wears his hair. He loves it all. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Edward. Yes, somebody was right. The Jelly Roll Morton who was a very famous early jazz pianist, wore diamonds in his teeth. Are you aware of that? And uh, he used to sit there at the piano, and once in a while he'd... When the, you know, when the when the night was getting real good, he would just open his trap, and he'd flash those big diamonds at the crowd. And he even had a spotlight set when he was playing. It was hooked to the top of the piano. So he's playing a way to, you know... He played the real good, you know. He played in... The, well, he played in the places of uh, commercial love when he began his career throughout the New Orleans area, and he thought he'd add a little to his act. And he had a couple of diamonds set in his front teeth. And they uh, he'd be sitting there playing. and went, the place is dark, so everybody's watching him. And then he would he would kick with his his left foot. He would kick a switch that would turn on a little. A little flash, a little tiny flash spot. He go, tink, 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 he would turn, give a big grin, and the flash spot would pick up those two magnificent diamonds in his front teeth, and it was always good for a tremendous uproar. One night he was even, uh, he was even held up. Uh, two guys got him in an alley and tried to take his diamonds, and he admitted. Uh, oh, we have with us the House of Chan tonight, their Chinese restaurant, and. uh They don't throw diamonds in the wonton soup, but uh, you'll find that the food is great down there. It's at uh, 52nd and 7th, depending on whether you live downtown or live uptown. It's up or down. It's right in the middle of Manhattan, 52nd and... So you couldn't get more in the middle of Manhattan, really. 52nd and 7th Avenues, and they're in business for something like 35 years. Mr. Chan is still there. There is a a Mr. Chan, by the way. You know that a lot of Chinese restaurants have... have, uh, Well, so like pen names, they're not they're not really named after any real people, but the House of Chan is Mr. Chan. He's there, and uh, he's been there for 35 years, overseeing the 22 walks that turn out that great stuff. They're open seven days a week. They have a bar, and uh, you'll find they'll get you out in time for a show if you're going to the movies, or you know, opening of a new porny or something like that. You want to go there fortified. Dee, 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 dee. Hey, would you like to hear some, uh, since we're on a, uh, a va- a Valentine kick here tonight? Uh, yes, I did. I- I'm not kidding. I did see a heart shaped meatloaf. What, what do you want? Oh, well, I did give the station break, didn't I? Well, I'll give it again. Doesn't matter. This is WOR, New York. I mean, you know, you couldn't mistake this station at this hour for anything other than that it is. <laughs> I mean, believe me, this is W O R New York, and they will be here, you know, sitting around. You know, it's uh, Valentine. I, I, uh, it's a traumatic time for many people. The Valentine's Day. Uh, you, you, sometimes you can you have a year when you're totally shut out. Uh, nothing happens. You get one for your mother. That's not very exciting. You didn't even get one from your mother, Ed. You mean? Uh, you mean, Eddie jack here didn't even say nobody? Oh, my God, New you too, Lee? Oh, well, we'll take care of that. <laughs> oh, gee. Oh. oh, that's really bad. Well, I got one valentine. I'll concede. I got a valentine mailed to me, and it was from Young and Rubicam. Huh? What'd you say, Lee? Excuse me, we're getting a report from the office here. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes, of course. I got one from my publisher and uh, Margo, and I got one from Young and Rubicam. And uh, it kind of bugged me, the one from Young and Rubicam. They called me Bob Shepard. And uh, so uh, what was worse, Ms. Bob Shepard. I don't know what the... Must be some strange people working out there in the commercial world these days, but I got it, and I I was kind of pleased. And uh, Young and Rubicam sent me one. I don't know why they sent me one. We've had our words from time to time. But it was kind of touching. Getting there. It is, uh, you know, to get a Valentine from an ad agency. It somehow adds, adds a little touch of humanity to this business. <laughs> yeah, well... Uh, <laughs> but uh, I I, uh, I, I uh, had a traumatic uh, time once uh, in Valentine Day. I'm not going to tell you the story because it's pretty sickening and I don't want to talk about it. But uh, it was... Hey, uh, yeah, you know... Uh, Valentine's Day is essentially a kid thing. You agree, Ed? And, uh, I, I was right in the middle of that Valentine mystique one point, and, uh, I had this teacher in Miss Robinette, and she, you know, the usual thing they do, I guess they don't do that in school anymore, you know, because of psychology now. They have all kinds of psychological things, and they I not going to let a kid get traumatized when he doesn't get any Valentine. So, you know, so, uh, we had this box that Miss uh, Robinette put on the, on the uh, front desk there, covered with white crepe paper with red hearts all over it, little cupids and stuff. And she said, the boys and girls, uh, it's going to be Valentine's Day. We're going to have a Valentine's Day party. And uh, we're going to exchange Valentine's. So you just put your Valentine's in the slot in the top here. And uh, we did. And I had my eye on Patty Ramele. What a What a chick there was a patty ramaley in our class every class has one uh, there is no question about it this every class has a girl who's so outstandingly sensational that uh, 90% of the male population in the class are totally in love with her and figure that they can't even get you know within 7 miles of her but they always try and uh, this is the thing that keeps the race going and so uh I, I figured. Well, you know, I, I didn't say anything to anybody about it. I didn't mention that the Schwartz or Flick or anything. I, I went home and I, we were supposed to make our own valentines, and I made this giant Valentine and addressed it to Patty Romali. Well, I could, it was so big I could hardly get it in the box. You know, it stuffed it down in the box. It had the little, uh, the little uh, strips of uh, paper lace hanging all over it. I got a, I got a Valentine kit on how to you know making Valentines. You can get kits like that at work. Came with little red hearts and little ding dongs you stick on it and stuff. Well, I made this beautiful Valentine, and I stuck it in the box. And I don't want to talk anymore about it. Just, even to this day, it bugs me. It bugs me. You hear? It bugs me. It's okay. <laughs> it bugs me. <laughs> I stuck it in the box. Oh well. Well. Time who... What is it that time does all... Yeah, time wounds all heels. Somebody put it that way. That's true. Every heel I know has been wounded by time. But, uh... <laughs> I knew you'd laugh. Hi, <laughs> hey, George. Yeah, uh, but uh, since it is Valentine's Day, it's a very sentimental day here, did you know that guys have written poetry about Valentine's Day? You know, it's not, not love poetry, but Valentine's Day poetry. For example, here's a great Valentine poem Do You Love Me? Or Do You Not? You told me once, but I forgot. <laughs> That's the theme for any one of Edward Albee's plays. <laughs> it's kind of great. It puts it in four succinct lines. Here's one I got a Valentine from Timmy, Jimmy, Tilly, Billy, Nicky, Mickey, Ricky, Dicky, Laura, Nora, Cora, Flora. Donny, Ronnie, Lonnie, Connie, Eva, even sent me two, but I didn't get none from you. Dee, 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 dee. There's another. Yeah, yeah, you see, you just can't win in this world. Uh, give me, uh, uh, give me a little of that uh, soft, uh, that soft, uh, quiet uh, Romeo and Juliet music. There, I'll, I'll read a bit of uh, uh, love poetry. This is called a Pavan for the nursery. Now, touch the air softly. Step gently. One, two. <laughs> I'll love you till roses are robin's egg blue. Yes, I'll love you till gravel is eaten for bread and lemons are orange and lavenders red. Now, touch the air softly. Swing gently the broom. I'll love you. Till windows are all of a room And the table is laid And the table is bare And the ceiling reposes on bottomless air Yes I'll love you till heaven rips the stars from his coat And the moon rows away in a glass-bottomed boat And Orion steps down like a diver below And earth is ablaze An ocean aglow So Touch the air softly And swing the broom high We will dust the gray mountains and sweep the blue sky, and I'll love you long as the furrow the plow, as however is ever, and ever is now. (laughs) Isn't that nice? Yes, it is. It's It's called a pavan for the nursery. The moon shall be a darkness. The stars give no light. If ever I prove false to my heart's delight. In the middle of the ocean, green grow the myrtle tree. If ever I prove false to my love that loves me. Isn't that lovely? Oh, my love's like a red, red rose that's newly sprung in June. My love's like the melody that's sweetly played in tune. As fair art thou, my bonnie lass, So deep in love am I, and I will love thee still, my dear, till the seas gang dry. Till the seas gang dry, my dear, and the rocks melt with the sun, I will love thee still, my dear, while the sands of life shall run. And fare thee well, my only love, and fare thee well awhile. and I will come again, my love, though it were ten thousand miles. Isn't that lovely? Who wrote that one? Robert Burns. Bobby Burns, Bubby Burns. Yeah, he was a goodie with the uh, the uh, emotional. But that's uh, here's a kind of a nice. we uh, re- reset that one again. That was kind of good. Uh, that that makes a nice bit of music for Valentine Valentine Day stuff. You know, this is an age, uh, of course, when when nobody, everybody has all kinds of printed sentiments. In other words. Uh, people don't hesitate at all to put little flowers on their Volkswagen you've seen those little roses and they don't hesitate to wear buttons that say love and uh, they wear pins and brooches that say love all over them and, and uh, they put uh, little love bumper stickers all over their car and yet it is a it is a sentiment that is rapidly being very difficult for people to actually say In other words, we're in the age of printed media (laughs) where guys put it on their bumpers, but they don't live that way. And uh, it's a curious, you know, it's a curious, it's isn't really a contradiction, I suppose. I think we're in the age of public display, which doesn't have much to do with reality. Uh, Here's kind of a nice little piece. I will make you brooches and toys for your delight of birdsong at morning and star shine at night. I will make a palace fit for you and me of green days in forests and blue days at sea. I will make my kitchen and you shall keep your room where white flows the river and bright blows the broom. And you shall wash your linen and keep your body white in rainfall at morning and dewfall at night. And this shall be for music When no one else is near The fine song for singing The rare song to hear That only I remember That only you admire Of the broad road that stretches And the roadside fire Who was that? That was an interesting one A guy you would never expect to to write like that That was Robert Louis Stevenson R.L.S. All right, here's a curious one. Uh, this is a, this is one. Who uh, reset that one? This is an odd one. See if you see if you recognize uh, this one. This uh, this one uh, has has curious overtones of familiarity. Of all the girls that are so smart, there's none like Pretty Sally. She is the darling of my heart, and she lives in our alley. There is no lady in the land as half so sweet as sally she is the darling of my heart and she lives in our alley of all the days that's in the week i dearly love but one day and that's the day that comes betwixt a saturday and a monday for then i am dressed all of my best to walk abroad with sally she is the darling of my heart and she lives in our alley when christmas comes about again Oh, then I shall have money. I'll hoard it up and box it all. I'll give it to my honey. I would, it were 10,000 pounds. I'd give it all to Sally. She is the darling of my heart, and she lives in our alley. Now, that's kind of a nice one, isn't it? That's written by Henry Carey. Henry Carey. Let's see, we... Uh... I wish I had some some real... Real Shakespearean love sonnets here tonight. That's the big time. That goes all the way. Here's, here's one. Oh, here's one about the, about the Valentine himself. The guy after which Valentine is named. So uh, lay this one uh, on me, Ed, please. A little quiet music here. Well, that's all right, I guess. <laughs> Good Bishop Valentine wandered all the night, seeking out young lovers and urging them to write with bags full of sugar plums, rose and violet bowers, hearts, doves, true love knots and lace paper flowers. Yes, good Bishop Valentine by the moon's beam when seeking out young maidens and urging them to dream with ribbons for their ringlets, love's silken strings, orange blossom posies and gold wedding rings. <laughs> that was written by Eleanor Farjon. That's called Good Bishop Valentine. Thank you, Edward. Thank you. Very good. Yeah, that, uh, it's an interesting time, Valentine, really, and it's, it's, it goes back a long time. In fact, uh, they claim, of course, there's, there's a lot of arguments about where, does anybody out there. Have or do you have any now? No, I'm not going to bother you. Don't 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 call unless you have the specific information. Does anybody out there know specifically when Valentine's Day was begun? You know, we we take these uh, holidays so much in grand, you know, in stride that we never even question them. Now we know one thing. Valentine was named after a bishop, Valentine, Saint Valentine. Was he really a saint, or was he just was he just a working bishop? I he I keep hearing it's referred to as Saint Valentine's Day, but I don't know. Uh, somebody said he was an early Christian saint. Uh, someone else said he was a bishop. I imagine he was a bishop and a saint. I don't know. A priest. Wait, a minute, excuse me, and I can't read it. Just pick it up and tell me what was that? Oh, I see. Oh. Oh, for heaven's sake! Well, that's the way to do it. Uh, All this took place when he was in prison, and he used to uh, write these notes, uh, carve them in the leaves of violets, little love notes. And according to the according to the legend, doves carried them over the prison walls to his friends. Well, wow. well, that's an elegant way to get your mail through. I'll tell you. <laughs> That's very interesting. I didn't know that. That's that's news to me. Uh, that uh, that's a that's a that's a quite a legend. Uh, but uh, when was this? I mean, d- do you know uh, at all when this occurred? I mean, what? It uh, was the very early days, obviously. I mean, you don't get many doves working doves these days much. I mean, it, doves were different in those days. Yeah. But, uh, of course, it's not easy to carve a message in violets either, Ed. I don't know how he did it, but uh, I suppose they had different kind of violets in those days, too. And uh, he was able to get the message through to his friends, and he was urging them to write to each other, apparently, and tell each, you know, uh, express their uh, emotions for each other, which is not a bad idea. I think people should do that. I, I, I do really believe that next to the legendary Englishman, the American today is more loath to express his personal opinions about other people. Uh, you, you, it's true. I think people today uh, rarely tell other people they like them. I mean, just out of the blue, you know, I, I, I kind of like you, you know. Uh, if if people do do that, uh, it, it would cause a little confusion. You know, there's it, some guy, you know, somebody working in the in the office with you, and you just walk them and say, you know, Elmer, I've been thinking, you know, I really like you, Elmer. I just want to let you know that. Well, that, that is so rare that it, it's almost unheard of. And, uh, of course, everybody talks about how much they like a guy after he get hit, you know, he's hit by a truck and, and uh, he's gone. everybody says, you know, Elmer was really a great guy. Really, I really miss Elmer around here. <laughs> but uh, uh, if, if we could uh, learn, of course, uh, we're, we're a reticent people in a curious way. We're a loud reticent people. Uh, we're a, a ostentatious, loud, uh, demonstrative reticent people. We sing a lot about love, but not many people talk about it in private life. Uh, they, uh You know, singing is wh- the way we do it. And, of course, that's all done on LP, 12 million copies with a gold record. You know, it's a whole thing. And uh, it's usually seen in nightclub acts. But uh, we are a reticent people. Now, I'm curious, you know, speaking more about, about the Valentine Day myth or legend or whatever it is, I wonder when it started, of course, that sugar plum thing, if... if uh, uh, according to that poem, apparently Bishop Valentine urged his friends to send sugar plums to one another. Well, I don't know whether that poem is right. You can't always trust a poet either. They tend to... Oh, here it is. Uh, this happened in the year 240. Hey, that's interesting. This happened in the year 240 under Claudius II. And uh, Claudius had him in a slam, apparently, or at least Claudius's minions... And the Valentine. What nationality was Va- uh, Valentine? Of what group was he? Was he? Uh, it was under Claudius the second, so they had different nationalities than we have today. Uh, you couldn't say, you know, that he, he was from Pittsburgh or anything like that. So uh, he, it was under Claudius the second. Now the question arises. Now this this is what I have to ask. Now, okay, we know about the Valentine. He was in prison in the 2nd century. No, that would be the 3rd century, in the 240, yeah. He was in prison, and the current the boss was Claudius the Second. By the way, there's been a lot of novels written about him. He's pretty famous, too. I, Claudius, and all the rest of it. And uh, so that was an exciting time, right about that period. That was the time when, when the ancient gods were tumbling, incidentally. Uh, That was a period of great unrest, and a lot of people were in the slam, just pretty much like our time. And uh, ancient concepts were dying, which meant paganism. By the way, paganism was coming back. Have you noticed how many television shows these days? Seriously, now take witchcraft as a serious thing. In fact, there was one the other night where they were all on this airliner, uh, these people. Did you hear about that? And apparently there was a druid stone aboard. It was a a druid uh, a druid uh altar sacrificial altar was being transported in this plane and of course uh, the the evil spirit of the darkness uh, of hell and the devil and evil began to take over the plane and they had to they had burnt offerings they even offered a sacrificial offering to the gods on the plane yeah and the happy ending came when dawn came and they had quelled the evil spirits and uh Chuck Connors flew the plane, the 747, to safety. Uh, Now, that's pretty interesting. Yes, we just received the official word from the diocese. St. Valentine was a saint. I presume he is still a saint. Is he still an accredited saint? You know, there have been some changes recently. Um, Yeah, remember, uh, St. Christopher was uh, was taken off the official list. So I guess St. Valentine is still a saint. Uh, well, you'd have to. There'd have to be something there with the doves and all. That, uh, that's quite a quite a thing to pull off. But uh, nevertheless, uh, here it is now. It's, it's 1973, and uh, we're still talking about Saint Valentine, or at least you know. Every time you walk past, uh, uh, you walk past the candy store. Uh, you walk past uh, Baracini's, and they got his name all over the window there. Now I don't know whether any of the clerks working in there know that they're paying homage to a to a 3rd century saint I doubt it I mean you know all these chocolate hearts and all that kind of stuff and uh, I just wonder at what point did uh, did Valentine's Day become a a holiday you know the people celebrate now that's a good question and another question arises what countries is it celebrated in is it celebrated in England do they have Valentine's Day there I presume they do. I mean, if it's a Christian saint, uh, do they celebrate it the same day we do? And why did they pick this particular date? Now, that's a good question, too. Here is uh, February 14th. Uh, Why was Valentine's Day celebrated in this date? I don't know. And, uh, you know, it's funny about holidays. Uh, You you live all your life with them, and you rarely ask any questions about them. uh, These questions uh, just occurred to me. Why February 14th, particularly? And it's been February 14th for as long as I can remember, so apparently that's the official day. Uh, there must be something in the legend that has to do with that. But, of course, in, in the year 240, they had a different calendar and everything. They didn't have the same calendar we had, did they, at that point? No, that came later. That's correct. Uh, but uh, uh, those must have been exciting days. You know, that 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 period uh, was, it was a wild period, the 3rd century uh, AD it was because at that time the old gods were toppling. I mean, you know, the guys were still. There were a few guys holding out for Jupiter, and, and uh, you know, they were they were they were holding out for uh, Venus, Aphrodite, and all the rest of it. And yet, Aphrodite has persisted in a curious way. Cupid, uh, Cupid is a kind of version, I presume, of Aphrodite. Well, I know it is a version of Aphrodite. And uh, so, uh, even though we, we pretend that we're, you know, we're very civilized people, we still retain a few of these ancient, a uh, uh, few of these ancient gods, just they, they, their echo still remains, Cupid uh, and his darts and arrows is part of that. Uh, of course, uh, in, in a few, spring is the time for, for, good, uh, for good pagan celebrations. Uh, after all, May Day is nothing more nor less than an old pagan celebration. I mean, all the way. I mean, that was a, that was a real one. They, uh, if you're really going to celebrate May Day, you've got to sacrifice about five people. <laughs> you know, do the whole way. Do it all. Halloween's is, uh, Day is another one. Thank you, Lee. Yes, this is the dope. Okay, we got more dope here. In Chaucer's time, oh, this is fascinating. In Chaucer's time, Valentine's Day was thought to be the day, hey, who's that? Okay, that's all right. In Chaucer's time, Valentine's Day was thought to be the day the birds choose their mates. Well, not in this neighborhood, not the birds I know. But uh, that was uh, that was Chaucer's day. Of course, that was England, so their climate is a little different. Uh, Saint Valentine was uh, was Italian. He was a Roman. Very good. Now we're getting that. That's interesting. That that still remains a a, a Roman name actually, An Italian name. Valentine, Valentino. That's a more more common in our day. Yeah, Valentino. Uh, is, is it t- well, it is. Uh, Rudolph Valentino had the same name. And uh, this is not uh, no joke. In Chaucer's time, Valentine's Day was thought to be the day the birds choose their mates. Okay, that makes sense. Although February 14th is kind of an early time of the year to choose your mate if you're a robin. Although it may be true. Now, another question arises. There must be a day... Is is Valentine's Day? I'm 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 very interested in this. This is not the. I'm not kidding around. Right. Is Valentine's Day an official U.S. holiday or is it not? I don't think it is. No, I know it isn't. But it, it is celebrated, however, nationally. It's not a a uh, you know a day when the president officially proclaims Valentine's Day. Uh, but uh, I notice of. Curiously enough, Nixon celebrated Valentine's Day. Did you see that? He took his family to a Chinese restaurant. He did. Now that, that's uh, that's what I call uh, that's a very interesting way to celebrate Valentine's Day. It is. And oh no, that's that, to me that's uh, highly highly creative. Uh, although it would be more keeping to take uh, you know take uh, your date on Valentine's Day to some place called Luigiano's. Uh, you know, some big pizza joint. After all, he was Italian, and uh, make 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 uh, sure that you get Roman Italian food. That's very different from the Southern Italian. Now, another thing about Valentine's Day that interests me: When did the candy business get into it? I mean, when did the candy industry pick up Valentine's Day? No, seriously, uh, that must have been uh, that must have been uh, you know that must have been a time that changed a lot of things in that business. Uh, Because uh, I suspect more candy is sent and exchanged and eaten and everything else. There's more attention paid to candy on Valentine's Day than any other single day of the year, with the possible exception of Mother's Day. Uh, There's a lot of candy that passes over the counter on Mother's Day. But uh, Valentine's Day seems to be specially involved with candy. By the way, I one time went to a, a Valentine's Day party I must tell you, it was an adult Valentine's Day party, and, uh, <laughs> and they they served Valentine's Day ice cream, and it was Valentine's ice cream. It was really Valentine's ice cream. What it was, was uh, it looked like pistachio ice cream, it was, you know, kind of greenish, and in the ice cream, they had red hearts, these red peppermint hearts, about thousands of them, but that isn't all. Uh, It wasn't until most of us were halfway through the ice cream and everyone kept saying, you know, this ice cream is kind of good, but it has a strange aftertaste. What is that taste? The host uh, said, well, it's Valentine's Day, right? And everyone says, yes, it is Valentine's Day. And he said, well, this is Valentine's Day ice cream. And I said, yeah, we see the the red hearts in it, so what? You know, that's great. But what is that strange taste? He said, oh, that's the real thing. He said, after all, I figured that we want to have a very loving party. She said, "This is the first time you probably ever had pistachio Valentine's Day ice cream with a ground-up marijuana pot in it." And uh, so I had marijuana ice cream once on on Valentine's Day, <laughs> and I I hate to admit it, it, it didn't do anything. I mean, I don't know I don't know what it was supposed to do, but uh, it didn't work. And that was a Valentine's Day party. We had, he had it all decorated, you know, with little little. Uh, pink uh, roses and stuff like that. Everyone sat around waiting for something to happen. One person said she had a headache and left and went home. And that was about the extent of it. So, uh, this has been a very historical evening. It's not every night you hear about Claudius II and Chaucer. I mean, uh, Robert Burns, Robert Louis Stevenson, W.H. Auden. I mean, this has been fantastically cultural. You won't get this kind of stuff. With Ed McMahon and Johnny Carson, I'll tell you that. No way. You won't even get this with Barry Farber. This is the real thing here tonight, and uh, so that concludes tonight's salute to Baracini chocolates and uh, other cultural uh, artifacts of our time. And a happy Valentine's Day to you out there. And uh, you know, it's been kind of nice. Anyway, I suppose. to point out that Dr. Doctor Rubin has nothing to do with Valentine's Day. You're confusing sex and love, and they really are two separate issues. Don't you forget it, friend. You're gonna... WOR New York, you stay tuned for Lester Smith in the news. This is the-